Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Andy. And before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about RebateJet.com. What is RebateJet? Well, it's a piece of software that I created that will help Amazon sellers get their products noticed. You can launch with promo codes, rebates. Not only that, but you can list your product for free on the RebateJet third-party marketplace. You don't pay a single penny unless you make a sale. And when you do, it's only a $1 flat fee per product. Try it today, RebateJet.com. Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott with Amy Wees. And this is Seller Roundtable number 140. And we're super blessed, excited, and good cop, bad cop, ready for Victor <laughs> Dwyer. Victor, thanks so much for being on today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I kind of got started in this whole world, uh, by, I basically help, uh, Amazon sellers get external traffic. Um, and that could be through TikTok, that could be through Facebook, it could be through Instagram, it could be through YouTube, basically where we control the actual traffic and we send that customer wherever the, the client wants. So if that's Amazon, or if that's their e-commerce site, whatever it matters. Um, cause after the Amazon advertising during Q4 became extremely expensive, then that's when external traffic was really favored because as we all know, Amazon prefers external traffic right now. So that's why uh, external traffic has been a big thing when it comes to rankings, when it comes to reviews and everything else like that. So that's kind of how I got started in all this, uh, or that's how, what we do now when it comes to Amazon. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. I've, I've been talking about it for years. So I'm glad to have more people on the, uh, on the team for the offsite traffic thing. Cause I've been, I've been saying for years, like you're paying too much if you're, if you're buying PPC ads, right? I mean, those, those costs have just continued to go up. But before we get into that, we always love to uh, get a little bit uh, more background on you, Victor, and uh, our, on our guests, kind of the, the journey up to today. So, you know, you can go as deep or as short as you want, but love to hear the story of like where you were born, raised, you know, hard knocks, school, anything like that. We love to, to kind of get your background. Well, since you brought up the born and raised, I gotta, I gotta bring out, I gotta always have this handy. So I was born and raised um, from Texas. It's backwards. Here it is. There we go. Born and raised Texas, um, obviously. Awesome. Um, and I am very much a Texan. Um, I always got to bring out the cowboy hat when I start talking about Texas. Um, but yes, born and raised Texas around the Dallas area. Um, and basically the way I got into all this is I became a web developer, started out as a web developer, learned SEO. Then I learned Facebook ads, how to get external traffic to the website. And then from there, my buddy was saying, hey, there's this Amazon thing. Um, you can send the Facebook traffic to Amazon. I needed a good Facebook advertiser. I did it once. And then the client made a lot of money off of that external traffic. So then I got started getting more clients sending external traffic to Amazon. Then I started learning the Amazon platform and just kind of went from there. Um, and then um, now we're doing it across all different channels and everything else. And that's kind of where we've been going with it. And so that's kind of how I got into the whole Amazon space, the whole like external traffic to Amazon and everything else. Cause this external traffic game is, goes a lot faster than Amazon does um, when it comes to changes. So usually Amazon changes about four, every 48 or 72 hours, depending on what you're trying to accomplish, depending like if you're, it's Amazon ads or something, but the advertising game, the external traffic advertising game changes about every 24 hours with the latest iOS 14 stuff and everything else. It's, it's fun. It's awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah, it is. It's a lot of dial turning. You know, I, I kind of, you know, I, I'm going to date myself, but you know, I've been doing uh, my, my first SAS was in, when I was 19 years old. So I've been in this game for a long time, kind of had a similar journey, but I always had a day job. I was an air traffic controller and, uh, I, I absolutely love, uh, the people that are going in and turning dials because, you know, you guys are the guys that are, are, you know, finding all these little tips and tricks that most people don't even know exist. Um, yeah. True. But the yeah, but the other thing uh, that you know a lot of people do is is they get scattered, right? They're like, oh, I gotta be on TikTok, I gotta be on Facebook, I gotta be on all these different channels. Um, so when a client comes to you or just you know doing your own stuff, kind of what uh, what are some good guidelines in terms of picking great channels for what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah. So the first thing you have to ask yourself ask yourself is, do you have a convenience based product or an intent based product? Meaning that if you have a bed sheet, for example, and that means people need a bed sheet right away um, for those particular things. Most of the time people are searching up bed sheet, they need one right away. So that means you have a search intent based product, meaning that you need to be on Google search, you need to be on sometimes YouTube, um, Amazon ads, those are search intent based products. So those are the three platforms you need to be on. If you have a convenience based product, a toy, uh, something that's trendy, whatever, maybe a supplement, something where you have to educate the customer of what your product is. That is the hardest. Those are the hardest products to sell on Amazon. It's something, the products you have to educate your customer on. And that is where you, you bring in Facebook ads, Instagram, TikTok, like all these other channels that for that convenience-based product to have the most success possible on those particular platforms. And that's kind of how we go about it and choosing. And sometimes it's a, it's a combination of both. Um, for some clients, but yeah, that's how we choose basically, uh, what channels we go for. Awesome. So, um, it, it, in case you were living under a rock, um, can you give a little background on TikTok? Um, mm -hmm. you know, why it's, uh, why it's a, a great platform to market on and why it's a horrible platform for your daughter to be on. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> just go for so... the first one. I'll, 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 I'll take the second one. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so TikTok is a very, um, fast paced platform. It kind of was born out of the shadows of Instagram. Think about is it kind of Instagram on steroids in a way that, it, Instagram, we kind of saw the cultures start to kind of where people can express their different cultures, different niches and things like that. And the, TikTok is a byproduct of what Instagram started, essentially. And uh, TikTok is basically where you can see some really fast paced videos and where you can keep up with like with the latest trends and things going on there. And the real reason that like I, for, like, I started doing TikToks because it's so vital because that is the new era of content marketing. That is like, like, let's be honest. It's where everything is going. And as a content creator and everything else, it is vital for me to start experimenting with this new TikTok format because everyone is going to start to be adapted to this new form of content. And I need to be ahead of the curve when it comes to advertising, when it comes to content creation, when it comes to everything, because that it, it's, it's not going to stop. It's gonna, only going to get bigger and bigger that form and that type of content. So it's vital for me to understand that and create format to that content because it is the future of content marketing. So that's why um, it's really important for me to understand that TikTok style and formatting there. So yeah. Love that. So um, I, I'm going to kind of jump around here, um, yeah. but it's, it's top of mind. And I, I always love asking this question because to me, some of the most genius stuff I've ever seen in terms of even the short form stuff 
is you know bringing comedy um into into the you know if you're doing marketing and you, and you can nail some great comedy you'll get so many free plays out of that way more than you could ever do um if you were doing paid ads right so i always give the example of dollar shave club that wasn't a big tiktok thing but that was like a massive success in terms of getting tons and tons of free ads um i i want to say they they i think they it was like a million bucks uh, in the first day or something when that, or a million views in the first day that, that, that ad went live. If you haven't seen it, dollar shave club, go look on YouTube, go look at the original one. And I think that they said that like, they pretty much like made it in their warehouse with like some of their employees. Right. It's like super <laughs> basic, but genius. Um, what are some other kind of cool, uh, content tricks that you're seeing that work really well right now on TikTok? So you have to keep up with the latest trends that are happening on TikTok and format it to the platform. Because a lot of people say, I tested TikTok, it doesn't work. It's because they most likely used a Facebook ad format and put it on TikTok and you can't do that. That's not how it works. You have to actually make it native to the platform. And in order to do that, you can keep up with the latest, you can do it on the latest trend, whatever it may be, and actually format it to the actual platform. So that way it's actually good. Um, and the best way to do that is get user-generated content. Um, meaning that someone it's actually like horrible and good at the same time the if you get a high quality production for your tiktok it will perform worse but if you get a user if you get a crappy video with horrible lighting with horrible everything if someone just recording with their phone it's going to do really well that is just i don't know why that is how it works but that is how it works the worse quality of video is the better the ad will perform um, so that is interesting, but that is how we do it. We get user generated content, use it for advertising, and that ends up working the best for us. So that's how we produce the videos. We let them, do, we let the influencers do it essentially. That, that's an interesting observation. And I think it might be over a general theme of people kind of getting over the sick, polished, you know, like that was one of the things on Instagram, right? It was all this airbrushed BS, right? Where I think like people are really <laughs> yeah. kind of starting to revolt, not only on that, but like, you know, mainstream media and all these other things where people are starting to go, wait a minute, this, you know, there's something not right here. Um, and I think they're going back to more of the genuine connection and things like that. So I, I think that's an interesting uh, observation. Um, on that same note, um, you know, and besides TikTok, what are some of your other uh you know, favorite forms of external traffic, maybe yeah, I would love to hear if you have any that are maybe not super well known, but you know, are kind of like a niche or, you know, for example, Quora, you know, things that a lot of things that people might not think of anything else like that. So Google has been a big topic for us because um, Google is prioritized by Amazon um, about three times more than any other traffic source. So uh, when it comes to search rankings, so basically if you type in the word bedsheet on Amazon and buy the product, you'll see a slight increase. If you type in the keyword bedsheet on, on Google and end up going to Amazon and buying the product, you'll see about a three times increase that. So basically making it where you can increase your rankings dramatically by sending that traffic through Google, um, making that a very profitable traffic source when it comes to rankings. So um, rankings have been a big, at least on the Google side, have been very uh, profitable for us when it comes to the increase in ranking side. So that's a big channel for us as well um, when it comes to search intent-based products and things like that. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's been uh, something underutilized for years. It used to be my little little trick that I'd use and and some of my for some of my clients. 
So yeah, I agree that the Google is so it's so funny because for years everyone was so focused on Facebook that everyone forgot about Google. So the traffic from Google was was kind of forgotten and cheap. And like you said, it's very high intent, right? On Facebook, people are just randomly scrolling for the most part. I mean, they have intent in terms of what you've looked at and you know, they're tracking you, so they know what you like, but it's not as you know, full of intent, like you said, bed sheets. You know, they're like, oh, you're looking for bed sheets to buy some bed sheets, right? That's better than like, oh, I looked at some bed sheets last week because I, you know, I slept bad and I wasn't, you know, super comfortable. <laughs> you know, it's like the intent is much higher there. So um, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. And like and if by other niche channels, oh Amy, did you want to say something? Go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I, uh, please continue. I, I have a question in relation to bed sheets and TikTok. Yeah, go, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so speaking of bed sheets, you know, some of those products are very, you know, you were talking about types of products that different channels work good for, um, work well for, I guess you could say. Um, and something like bed sheets is very like bottom of funnel, find it on Google. I want Egyptian cotton, right? But then it could also work on um, TikTok as well, right? You could really have an influencer talking about that. So are there certain products or certain methods that you wouldn't recommend for TikTok? Like has somebody ever come to you and said, I want you to do this on TikTok and you're like, no. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it, it does have to be a very specific product type that like it has to be that very trendy type of product. Like, for example, it's very difficult to sell a normal chair. If it's a gaming chair, yes, that would do awesome on TikTok. But if it's just a normal like wooden chair, it's going to be a lot more difficult to sell on uh, TikTok. So it has to have some type of special or unique component to it that also makes it trendy. Um, and I suppose because TikTok is all about short attention spans, which is one of the reasons Andy doesn't want his daughter on there, right? <laughs> it's all about short attention spans. And so we need to have something interesting and a little bit unique. There needs to be an angle to your content. If yeah. we're just like, People, this pencil, you need it. You need this pencil. Get it now, right? I don't that's know, Amy. That, that's pretty. Nobody's... I want to buy that pencil. No, I, you, you nailed it. You nailed it. You I want to, where do I buy need. it? How much is it? Is it $100? Who do I pay? I've just sold Andy and the pencil, but for everybody else in the world, um, <laughs> might not be. So that's something for people to keep in mind is like really nail your unique selling point and, and make it trendy and interesting um, or use humor like Dollar Shave Club, you know, do something like that. That's that's really interesting. So, I mean, I guess my next question for you would be uh, you mentioned you really like having the influencers do the work. So when it comes down to TikTok, do you prefer working with influencers or creating your own videos? And what are the situations where you'll pick either or? User-generated content will always outperform normal ad content, like every single time. I've never had it a, a scenario. Like if you get a good pool of user-generated content and you can create them, you could spend $100,000 on all these video ads, creative assets, images, carousels, you can spend $100,000, but it will never outperform. I've never had it outperform user-generated content ever. So with that in mind, it makes it where it's super profitable to do user-generated content 
with those influencer ads rather than creating it ourselves. So we usually do the dual approach because like usually um, clients say, oh yeah, right. Whatever, Victor, you don't know what you're talking about. Use this crappy video will never outperform. And then we A-B test it every single time. The user drained content always does better. And then they go, okay, Victor, maybe you do know what you're talking about. Um, so that's why uh, user drained, we always end up using influencers rather than creating the content. Um, and sometimes like clients don't want to go down the influencer route and that's hundred percent fine. We can create them themselves as long as they know that user driver content will always save you thousands and thousands of dollars from the efficiency on that ad. Cause you might go from getting $50 of purchase on Facebook to going to 25, uh, $25 and that's huge savings. That's it's literally half your cost to get a purchase. So, and, and why it, do you think you that that is? Like, why do you think that a video from an influencer will do better than even the best uh, marketed video created professionally? I think it's because it's more authentic and it's more native. So, when you're scrolling through, for example, TikTok, when you're um. If you just analyze someone using TikTok, you'll know they'll you'll they'll see an ad and they'll just instantly swipe past. Like subconsciously, their brain will just swipe past. Like when you're on Instagram, you know what's an ad, or on Facebook, if you know what's an ad, you're subconsciously gonna scroll right past it unless it actually catches your attention. And you're gonna keep, but if it's native, like actually adapted for the platform, then you're gonna actually analyze it. See, for example, if it's a new trend, if it's for us, if it's an Amazon meme. Okay. It, we're going to, we're going to look at this meme. We're going to, oh, okay. That's actually hilarious. And then we're going to look at the ad and say, oh, they sell something. And now it's adapted for that platform. It caught our attention. But if you adapt it for the TikTok content and you adapt it for that particular um, native scene, then it's going to perform better. So that's where it comes in. It's more authentic. It's more native to the platform. And it's also like keeping up with the latest trend, which makes it like funnier and more native to the platform, which makes it perform better. So, yeah. Got it. Yeah. And then as far as finding influencers, I think this is one of the things that brands really struggle with. You yep. know, they they're nervous about about um, it costing too much. They're nervous about how to find them. They're not sure what to say to them when they do find them. So can we talk a little bit about the process of finding influencers? Yeah. how to look for influencers, how to contact influencers, walk us through the process there. Yeah. So right now there's a huge disconnect between brands and influencers on TikTok. There's a million platforms out there that connect um, brands to influencers on Instagram, Instagram, only Instagram. And that's, that's the biggest difference. So if, if someone has a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and they make a post, about 5,000 of those 100,000 will see the post, okay? If that, if that, if it performs well. And if you get 100,000 people on TikTok, the chance of it going viral is also there. And you're most likely, most likely going to be reached 25,000 people on TikTok. And here's the biggest difference between those two. On Instagram, so, someone with 100,000 followers are gonna charge around 300 to $500. So that same person with 100,000 followers on TikTok which has 10, I would say five times the reach will only charge 50 to $100. That's the difference. There's a million platforms that help Instagram, which drives up the price of influencers. So you get, you have super high cost 
for super low reach on TikTok, it's the exact opposite. Super high reach, super low cost. And that's the biggest thing. And that's why we were able to go through with the service because it is very difficult. But we, we're finding, we're basically going through these different, we help them create a list through automation, um, automated messaging to help guide through. And we're on, we almost have our own platform. We're almost at the point where we have our own platform for influencers where they go through the uh, basically an automated messaging system, mini chat, and they go through our, our system and they say, hey, um, here's, here's the questions. Here's everything that we need to know about you. And we'll let you know if the brand approves you. And we basically get a huge, um, all these influencers that are interested in becoming um, brands on TikTok. And then we send them to our clients um, for the ones in that specific niche. They approve it. And then we send them out. And we start getting content there. That's our, uh, that's our yeah, process. And it, is, it is all about learning the language that you have to speak. It's just like learning how to sell your products wholesale to retailers, right? It's a different yeah. language. And I recently set up um, an Amazon Live influencer channel. So I recently became an influencer on Amazon Live. And I'm in all these Amazon Live influencer groups. And I'm learning the things that piss off <laughs> the the Amazon influencers. And most of the time, these influencers are not just on Amazon. They're, they have their own other social platforms as well. And um, they really get offended in some cases if a brand just offers them like a free product in exchange for something or, you know, so I can see how you speaking that language, obviously it's taken you some time to develop what questions need to be asked, what information the influencer needs, what information the brand needs to provide, what kind of costs are fair and um, normal for different levels of influencers and all these things to consider. So you basically speak that language and the main problem that brands have when they're looking on their own is they just have no idea what to say it's like speaking another language so that's yeah. really really great advice um and let's say that i want to get started on my own on tiktok you mentioned you fell in love with tiktok you started doing it um, so what are some of the best practices if i want to get started on my own building my own following on tiktok either for my brand or for a lifestyle related to my brand. Um, what, what's some good processes for getting into TikTok and creating your own videos? So the first thing you have to understand the platform and the way to do that is you have to start using it. And if you come from like a Facebook, Instagram, it's going to be completely foreign to you, but by using it for like literally an hour or two, you're going to be able to start understanding what is happening. Really, it's going to be, you're going to start understanding like, okay, I'm kind of like, you kind of start understanding it and going from there. Um, and you, like, you have to understand like what type of captions there are, what type of, how do people, how are people changing the way the content is understanding the transitions. You'll start dissecting the elements of what people are doing and kind of start getting a grasp on it. And once you start getting a grasp on it, then you can start kind of diving into creating your own TikToks. And um, kind of starting that process and you'll start understanding the trends to eventually create and start being successful there because you have a much higher chance of being going viral on TikTok than Instagram, like almost a hundred times more <laughs> um, going viral on Instagram, practically next to nothing um, on TikTok. It's very, very high um, chance of having a successful post and people actually seeing it. So it, cause the organic reach is so high. So yeah. 
that that's what I would say to that using the platform and understanding it. Got it. Yeah. Um, using it is not my problem. It's getting off of it. That's my problem. (laughs) No, I actually, it's so addictive. You can get on it and like all of a sudden four hours go by and you're like, what happened to my life? Where did it go? I don't know. I I personally had to stop using it because I would get on it for two or three hours a day and I don't have two or three hours of my time to give to TikTok, unfortunately. So I no longer can use it. So luckily I have a, I have a dedicated person on my team that their job is to use TikTok and do it. So that way I don't have to keep up with it. But yes, I, I do understand the formatting and the trends behind it. I can at least say that. Now with the latest trends, I am not up to date, which I should be. So um, we're studying the process in any, anyway, but yes, I had to stop using it. So that way I wouldn't be addicted, but I have someone on my team that their job is to do that. <laughs> I so, love that tactic. Yeah. I'm the same way. I had to just stop. I kind of like hit, I st- still have the app on my phone and I'll occasionally post, but um, and check things out, but it's, um, really hidden. Like I have to literally search for it in order to find it, um, yeah. on my phone, which is good. <laughs> yeah. It's not it convenient. <laughs> yes. It doesn't need to be in my face at all because I agree. It's just, it's very addictive and you, it's not really addictive so much as it just, you get lost in it. You know, you start yeah. scrolling and before you know it, and when you try to exit out, it gives you like three more videos and you're like, Wait, oh, that's interesting, right? And so the short attention span, part of it, like Andy was saying, it's bad because it's teaching us to have a short attention span. But at the same time, because it's designed for a short attention span, it's every video you see is pretty interesting. And you're like, oh, it's not that much time dedicated to watching this one little video. It's gonna be short, but it's interesting. And that's what keeps you on there for a long period of time. So I think it's so interesting and so powerful. So my next question for you is what about SEO? Obviously you started as a web developer, you learned SEO, you know how important SEO is on Google, on Amazon, all the things. What about SEO on TikTok? Yeah, um, basically with that, it's making sure, first of all, you have uh, engaging content and testing that out. And the easy way to test that out is like seeing how many views each content gets. So first you want to make sure, is my content engaging? That's the first thing you have to ask. And usually a post that is, if you have zero followers, you get uh, on a good post, you'll get about 1,500 views. Um, That's how much the organic reach is. Like on Instagram, if you did that, any, almost any other platform, you'll never get that much reach. So that's the huge opportunity. If you have zero followers, you do a good post. It's about 1,500 on a all right posts, you might get 300, 400 views. Um, but testing, figuring out, okay, what content is engaging, figuring out what that is first, because there's so many ways you can go about it. Um, so figuring what content is going to work for you. Then after that, it's really just about like, it's the same, it's the same thing. Just putting in like hashtags, the algorithm isn't good enough yet to know what's in your video. So using hashtag, using words, using the latest um, song, um, trending song, that's really important. Um, All those are going to be really vital when it comes to SEO. But yeah, like it really comes down to engagement. Like really uh, the algorithm is prioritizing views or like the view time. Um, the, The YouTube algorithm and the TikTok algorithm are very similar in the way that the view time really matters. So how many, how much are they looping your video? 
how much time are they watching it and seeing how much their engagement is very little actually and it's actual view time is what they care about the most right now yeah the other thing that i think that is really um important is to know your uniqueness right like yeah. you know you were saying you're from texas there's probably not a lot of people who have seen like a um you know a big uh, cattle ranch or um or or a rodeo or you know stuff that's unique that you know, a lot of people in other parts of the country, other parts of the world would find interesting, right? So, I mean, yeah. I grew up in Hawaii, so that, you know, like maybe going out, I, I used to deep sea fish with my dad going out and pulling out marlin out of the water. That's probably pretty interesting, right? Like things that um, are just happening around you. Like, you know, if you're in Canada right now, the, your TikTok's probably exploding, right? You know, with the, <laughs> with all the stuff going on there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you need to utilize what's available to you. And once again, you know, going back to like the dollar shave club thing, right. There's so many interesting things around you. If you see something interesting, um, you know, definitely take advantage of that without, you know, pissing somebody off. <laughs> Don't get in, yeah. get in somebody's face who, who doesn't want you there. Right. Yeah. And, so, and go ahead. Oh, go no, ahead. no, good. I was going to say also your, your mindset changes. So you went, you said the short intention span, your intention, like everyone's intention span changes based off the platform. This is a, another interesting conversation. So my intention span when I'm on TikTok is going to be super low. We're talking about one or two seconds. But if I take that same intention span and go to YouTube, I'm going to have like a one minute intention span. Like it's different. Your mindset changes based off the platform. So if, if I, I can literally go from um, TikTok where it's about one second, open up the YouTube app and I'll watch a video for one minute. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And I'll just sit there for a minute. And then that's my, that's my new intention span based off the actual platform itself. And what I find is I also use LinkedIn a lot. And what's fascinating is, first of all, I never read just to let you know, like I hate reading things. That's like one of the, my things I, I'm a video person, but when I'm on LinkedIn, I'm like, wow, I just, I'm reading, like I'm actually reading information. I never do that. And I was like finding myself, wow, I'm like just reading. I'm reading a lot of stuff on LinkedIn and that's, that's my mindset. So when I go on LinkedIn, I'm reading a lot. I might read it like entire pair, like paragraphs of text. But when I go to TikTok, if I see more than four words, I'm not reading that. Like that's too much. Like your mindset changes based off the platform. And that's, what's fascinating your intention span, the base, uh, how much you read. So when it comes to, you have to kind of go into and have that as a factor in there, when it comes to what platforms are you using, your mindset changes based off what platforms you open on LinkedIn, you're going to read more on YouTube, you're going to watch more on TikTok, you're going to be going through more videos. Like, it's really fascinating how your mindset changes based off each platform there. Yeah, absolutely. So the other thing that I'm interested with is, you know, TikTok ads are still, you know, kind of new, uh, uncharted territory for a lot of people. Um, are you doing any TikTok ads uh, to products on Amazon or um, are you supplementing, you know, any kind of like, you know, when you when you um, deploy a new a new video or something, are you doing like, you know, maybe five bucks in ads just to kind of get some momentum, you know, any any tips or tricks uh, in in terms of paid ads on TikTok? Yeah, so uh, TikTok ads are about one tenth the cost of Facebook ads right now. So extremely cheap, extremely, extremely cheap, and you get crazy reach from it. Um, so when it comes to the actual ads themselves, we use the best influencer ads and we take those. So we already know it's high performing and we load that into TikTok ads um, uh, since we already know that it's going to be good performing content. And something to know is the targeting on TikTok 
basically is really bad <laughs> uh, when it comes to like Facebook has the best targeting system in the world. They're much mature. Like there's no better targeting system in the world. There really isn't. Um, and then it would probably go Google as the next best targeting. And then it goes um, like TikTok and everything else. So that's where like, yes, it's basically very much interest-based audiences, super broad niches um, of what it comes with when it comes to the TikTok algorithm and things like that, but they are getting better. So it makes it where it's super profitable because you're able to reach so much more um, for such little of the cost. So I would say a normal budget for TikTok right now um, to experiment with is at least like you can do 10 bucks, 30 bucks an hour, a day and reach tons and tons of people with that. So as long as you have native content to it, it performs really well since it's so cheap, basically. Awesome. Can you give a quick example of the flow of a TikTok ad, kind of how the, the, the journey would be for a customer who's, uh, you know, scrolling around on TikTok, um, you know, looking at their favorite twerking videos, and then you know you're and you're selling. <laughs> Did you and, say twerking and, videos? And, and you're and you're selling and you're selling a a broom and a dustpan. Like, okay, <laughs> what's the what's the flow there? Yeah. So basically, we take that influencer ad, um, and we put it we put it loaded up on TikTok, and then from there, once the user scrolls through and they see it and they want it. They basically click on it and then they're going to go to a landing page first before they go to Amazon. Because if you send them directly to the Amazon um, page, detail page, they, you will, if you send them through an external landing page first, they will have a three, about a three times more likelihood of converting if you send them to an external landing page first. And we think that's because the uh, consumer wants to be educated on what the product is before actually going to the detail page is why we think that happens. But yes, we always have an external landing page is what we go to first. And then from there, we send them to Amazon um, through a brand referral link. So they'll click and like if there's a promo that we put the promo link in there and they go to Amazon and they go, they, and then and they where, where they have affiliate link where we can track the purchases and then they end up purchasing after that. So that's kind of the flow the customer goes through. Basically TikTok ad, landing page, Amazon purchase. Awesome. And then I, I assume that sometimes you, you probably, um, you know, try to get, you know, maybe a, a phone number or an email address for a coupon sometimes, something like that to kind of get the, to, to own the customer sometimes. Have you ever tried that? Is, is that something that uh, you've seen work well? Not very often. Um, not very often. We, so we mainly go with trying to get them into if the customer, if the client normally cares about getting the customer information, we usually send them to the e-commerce site. Uh, it's typically how we approach it um, when it comes to that. And when it comes to, we're trying to get them introduced to the brands. So we want them to buy one of our uh, brand introductory products first. So we don't necessarily care about their email information just yet. We, we would rather for them to buy the product, get them introduced to the brand, where they can get introduced to all the rest of our products after that. And it's the more long-term play there. So normally we don't ask for the email addresses on the landing pages and things like that. Um, especially since we send it a lot to like Amazon and things like that. So um, I would say, no, we normally don't ask for the email addresses there. Okay. So yeah. So a little less friction there. If, you, if you're not asking for any uh, additional information, are you doing any type of pixeling or retargeting in terms of, you know, trying to, if they, if they hit that landing page, you know, you got that, that nice little pixel sitting there 
to, to retarget and is that having any, any success? So this is a whole other conversation. Um, the amazing <laughs> iOS 14 update uh, made it so awesome to retarget people. It is so fun retargeting customer lists and everything with the iOS 14 update, um, making it really difficult. Um, so basically, yes, we do. We do. But retargeting is a iOS like Apple is making it much more fun to retarget people. Um, so, yes, we're, we're doing our best with what we have when it comes to retargeting. Yes, that is that that will answer that question. But with the with with what everything is going on with Apple and retargeting, it makes it very difficult. <laughs> so, uh, yes and no, that that that, that kind of answers that. <laughs> Yeah, that that they yeah they're definitely making it uh, a little more tricky. And the other interesting thing now is, um, you know, there is a, a definitely sh- you know a shift going now from you know much more desktop focused shopping to more mobile shopping, right? So, yeah. um, you know, are generally are, are majority of your clients you know all in on mobile, or are they still trying to do kind of a multi platform approach? We almost like always focus on mobile because almost all these platforms are ninety five percent plus mobile and that's where mostly everything is going anyway um on that side of things and because it mobile is a top priority for a a lot of different clients and things like that and i don't think people realize like how big the ios 14 update like it sounds like it sounds like a normal just update on the apple side but in the advertising advertising space it killed everything that's why facebook stock is down like that's why everything is down um, the reasoning why is because basically before the iOS 14 update, we had a 95% accuracy. So if you show, you were seeing a Facebook ad and you were pixeled and you purchased it, and then the algorithm would say, yes, this person purchased, I need to go find other people. The algorithm would say, yes, I'm going to go find other people similar to that person. 95% accuracy, the algorithm did awesome. Now we are sitting with a 40% accuracy. So the Facebook algorithm goes, okay, rather than knowing exactly who purchased, it's guessing. It's going, okay, maybe this person purchased and it's like this now. So it's like a squirrel trying to find a nut. And it's not knowing where the nut actually is because the, it's um, not, the accuracy is very broken. So luckily we've been able to use server-side tracking, basically making it where we go around that to go back to that 90% accuracy to get that close enough. So rather than wasting tens of thousands of dollars on the on the Facebook algorithm guessing, we're basically using server-side tracking, which basically goes around the pixeling, which basically uses the customer information. Um, basically saying, hey, Facebook, here's their name. Here's their email address. Here's all this information. They ended up purchasing. Put that in your system and let the algorithm know that is basically what we're telling them. And um, that's the uh, way we go about it. So I made that sound super easy, but it is so not easy. Um, but yes, uh, that is what we're implementing for a lot of our clients that are saving them tens of thousands of dollars doing, but it is not just a simple, oh yeah, 15 minute. Uh, yeah, no, it is a long process, <laughs> but yes, right. that is what we've been doing for our clients. Right. So it's more of like a, using a lookalike audience, which people, if people don't know, it's like taking current customers and saying, Hey, find me more people like this. Once you already have their data which is different than pixeling. If somebody's getting pixeled, that means they go to the website, they don't give you any information, but you still uh, have that, uh, what's called a cookie, which would have tracked you from website to website and kind of built this marketing profile, which a lot of people yeah. don't even know exists, you know, on the web. That's how Facebook and 
Google and all these companies are making their money and why so many people are kind of in an uproar about all, all your personal data. Cause they, you know, they could probably build a digital you uh, with all the data that they, <laughs> they pull from you. You know, you, they could, they could like spin up this AI of you um, mm-hmm. and you could talk to yourself. Uh, now we're not quite there yet, but it, it, it is, it is pretty spooky. If you've ever played with like open AI or, or something like that, there's some, there's some crazy stuff in the works. But I digress. So going back to, you know, one of the things that I used to love to do um, is uh, launching with offsite traffic, right? As one of the one I was, one, I think one of the few people like years ago that was doing this where people would launch on Amazon just do like PPC, right? And uh, some SEO and, and kind of, you know, call it good, right? Um, you know, or some Manny chat stuff. But, um, you know, what I've been telling people forever is that Amazon loves a dynamic traffic profile, meaning they want, you know, they want clicks from Google. They want clicks from Facebook. They want clicks from TikTok. They want clicks from, you know, Quora. Well, like wherever you can get them from really, you know, in the past, uh, Amazon didn't really kind of uh, keep track of that, right? But like you were saying is now it's super important to them because they figured out, hey, if I give uh, this little third-party seller a, a little cookie for sending us traffic and that person comes to Amazon and they buy the pen, but then they also buy the pad of paper from this other person. And then they buy the formula for their kid or the diapers yeah. for their kid or whatever. Amazon has figured out that like they can, they just made pretty much every third-party seller on, on the platform, a, uh, a active affiliate, not only an affiliate, but affiliate that's now paying and, and trying really hard to drive their customers to the Amazon platform. So uh, kind of, you know, best practice with, with people, kind of what are you telling people on, on a launch profile, launch plan in terms of, you know, getting these, these clicks and this traffic to, to a launch product? Yeah, so first thing, like it, a lot of people don't know, like with the brand affiliate program, like you only pay Amazon 5% commission. <laughs> so like, and if, if you really want to get tricky with it, you can use a, um, an actual affiliate link like a personal affiliate link with your brand referral link. So technically you would pay 0%. Um, a lot of people know about that. So I, I, I do that all the time. Um, but yeah, so p- like basically where Amazon gets very, very little, they play off the lifetime of the v- that customer of them getting on Amazon and things like that. Um, but yes, so I, first of all, using that brand affiliate link, doing that so that way you pay Amazon very little pr- uh, percentage wise. And then when it comes to... Amazon, um, we usually send it through an external like landing page. So that way it doesn't drive down your conversion rate. So it, yes, it is important to send as much external traffic to your detail page. Yes, that is, that is good, but it needs to be high converting traffic because you don't want to drop your conversion rate is the risk you play with that. So that is why we go the landing page route with that in mind, because that way, the people that click through the landing page have a high intent purchase of buying. So that way you don't drop your conversion rate, which hurts your Amazon metrics. So that's why we always recommend the landing page because um, that's going to help you long-term when it comes to your conversion rate. So that's why we usually go the landing page route in that case. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the conversion rate is huge. And you know th- that's a, one of the biggest mistakes I've seen is people driving direct to the Amazon uh, product page, right? Which is a, a major no-no because in, in Amazon's eyes, they're gonna be like, oh, you just sent a thousand people to the page and you know 1% of them purchased, right? Um, so that, that's absolutely true. Now, the other thing that um, you know, I see in terms of uh, offsite traffic going to Amazon is not having a cohesive theme, right? So like, in other words, on TikTok, you know, having, you know, 
you know, maybe you're selling bikinis on, on, on TikTok, you're, you know, you're, you're having this like, you know, really attractive woman or whatever. And then it clicks over to Amazon and, and it's just like the bikini on a mannequin or something. You know what I mean? In other words, there's not really a conducive kind of flow uh, of the brand message. Um, are you kind of uh, pointing brands in terms of, you know, giving them that, that flow and brand message of uh, going from social or TikTok or offsite to Amazon itself? That's, that's where we kind of, where the landing page comes into play when it comes to the transition. So a lot of people go like, whoa, whoa, like, like it's just an Amazon detail page. And that's where we try to do the transition of going from the platform, seeing the landing page saying, okay. Okay. And then like informing them, you are going to go to Amazon and here's a promo code. You can use it to buy on Amazon type of thing. And now the customers in the mindset is saying, okay, now I'm going to be redirected to Amazon for with this promo code to buy the product. And now I'm going to click on this button to go to Amazon. And now they're kind of understand what is going on um, to kind of understand. You'll never get that exact because um, you can never get enough content to get that, like the exact model and everything else. Cause that's so dynamic. It changes all the time. Um, but you can at least keep the same brand theme and brand like colors and things like that. Um, and like having that and then keeping that throughout the, the entire thing, but not when it comes to like the model level, but yeah, you can still keep the same um, feel to it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love it. So we have gotten so much information from you, Victor. I'm, I know though that you have like 50 million more things in your brain you could share with us. So I guess we just need to have you back on the show soon. <laughs> in like six months, we'll brain dump the rest of it. Um, but thank you so much for all the great information on external traffic, on TikTok, so much gold and everything that you shared today. We appreciate you so much. So I want to just shift it back. And every time that we close out a session here on the Seller Roundtable, we love to ask about um, motivation. So we love to shift it back to being an entrepreneur. And what is it that you are doing to stay motivated? Are you listening to certain podcasts, reading certain books? Was there anything that has really uh, impacted you? And, and would you like to share it with the audience? Yeah. So what, what I realized is passion is just multiple blends of curiosity. It's just multiple streams of curiosity is all it really is. And I've really been able to dive in and figure out, okay, what am I curious about that leads me to be passionate? So first thing is this understanding the psychology of the human brain is so fascinating to me. The fact that you can go from TikTok and the same exact brain and opening up a, a LinkedIn and then reading. So like those are completely different psychologies and completely different ad sets that you would have to target in order to get that. And that's very fascinating to me on why the human brain does that. And for example, if I give you an ad with a blue banner and an ad with an orange banner, you're going to pick the orange banner every time. And that's extremely fascinating to me. Understanding why does the human brain pick these certain things? And we all have the same... Um, functionalities that are ingrained in us. And that is extremely fascinating to me. When I, before I even got started into marketing, I was taking classes at Harvard in, neuro, uh, in neuroscience because I was so fascinated in it. And then I was figuring out, okay, I can do marketing and really start getting into this even more. So that is kind of what started this whole thing and got me into marketing in the first place, understanding the psychology of the human brain to really go through this. And that's why I'm religious, religious about A-B testing. Like I want to figure out, okay, 
why would someone click on this ad rather than this ad and analyzing that? And I'm like, it, it's it, within my entire company. I am so religious about AB testing. It's insane. Um, and like going through that. And that's what has my, been my main driver throughout this and the inability to relax. Um, just like, it's <laughs> naturally, um, I, am, I have a voice in my head that tells me to go, go, go at nonstop. And that keeps me going nonstop. So that is why I am here. The, the fact that I love the psychology of the brain and I have a voice in my head that tells me to keep going. And that is why that what keeps me going at all points in my life. I love it. You know, I'm going through, I'm doing um, my life purpose life coach certification right now. And uh -huh. today's video that I was watching, I'm also fascinated with, you know, the psychology of the brain and my own brain and how it works. <laughs> yeah. and how I am not my thoughts and all of those things. It's so fascinating. Yeah. But uh, it's just funny that you said that passion is just a stream of curiosity because what I was studying today, right before this podcast <laughs> was that you shouldn't try to find your passion, right? It's not going to naturally appear. You yep. should just explore various things that you're curious about and you will develop your passion. You don't find your passion, you develop your passion and it doesn't yep. just magically appear. You don't have to be good at it in the beginning. I'm sure when you first started being fascinated with marketing, you were not the expert that you are now, you went down that road and you were like, Ooh, this is fascinating. Oh, wonder what would happen if I split tested that. Oh, look at that. Right. And then you became so passionate about marketing because of your curiosity about the human mind. So yeah. I love that you brought that up. It was just like magic there. <laughs> so for just those don't people, do the discovery on, just don't do this discovery on TikTok. <laughs> Too many so for, for those people that are um, so interested in using some of the energy that you have to give in the marketing department, how can people follow you, get in contact with you, all of that? Feel free to let us know and how we can connect with you. Yeah, um, you can either look at me, uh, you type Victor Dwyer on Google. Um, I'm like all the way, uh, I'm all over there. Uh, Victor Dwyer on LinkedIn, that's where I, my main focus is. is um, posting on LinkedIn with the latest um, updates um, there. And those are the main ways, um, either going to victordwire.com, either that or LinkedIn. Those are the two platforms I'm mainly on. And if you want to follow me on TikTok, yes, the content is going to be cringy. You can follow me there, but it, I, I'm warning you now, you get ready to cringe, get your cringe face. For like, it's like, it's, it's pretty bad right now. We're, I'm working on it though. Uh, I have some Amazon seller memes in there, but anyway, um, I'm working on that, but those are the main platforms I am on right now, um, that I'm working toward. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. And, um, and yeah, this has just been really great. You and Andy will get along so well. <laughs> because <laughs> The LinkedIn stuff, the SEO stuff. It's awesome. Um, well, thank you everyone for being here today. Uh, thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast. This is one of Andy and I's favorite things we do every week. Thank you to those of you who joined us here in the Zoom this week. We appreciate you so much. And um, don't, don't be shy, the rest of you who are watching or listening. You can join us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Time. You just go to sellerroundtable.com forward slash live. And we'll see you guys next week on the Seller Roundtable. Bye.
See you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.